0: Hello, hello, this is Jonathan, and you're listening to the Johnny Talks podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend Mr. Welster from The Welster. We met on Twitter and I must say I enjoy his tweets. He is a London-based personal finance blogger and started his journey to financial independence three years ago. His journey to FI started by being fed up with his job, but was that reason enough to wish to retire, or did he simply need a new job? We will talk about how he changed his mindset about his career, his finances. And we will go into the detail of his newfound plan to reach financial independence. And all of this despite living in a high cost of living city. This episode is for you if you are at a crossroads in your career. And this will be particularly interesting if you live in an expensive city and want to reach financial independence. So without further ado, let's hear the interview. Hello, Mr. Welster. How are you doing tonight?
1: Hi, Jonathan. Yes, uh, very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Yes, I'm very excited to have you on and uh, yet because today we will speak to you about your journey to FIRE. So FIRE stands for uh, Financial Independence Retiring Early and you have quite the story and quite the profile. Um, So if I remember correctly, you are a civil engineer. You've been working around huh? in the in the desert. I mean, you you're currently based in London, but you, I mean, you have worked in several places, including uh, yeah, the desert. I mean, like the Saudi Arabia was it or Emirates?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, back in uh, two thousand uh, till two thousand eleven, I was in Qatar. Yeah, in Doha oh, before it, okay. before it was well known. I don't want to sound like a hipster, but um, <laughs> you know, it really wasn't anything to write home about back then. And you know, we were out there uh, building the airport um with my my old company. Oh wow! And and uh, yeah, so the new Qatar Airways airport was was something I I got to work on and. I mean, to be honest, one of the happiest days of my life was the day I left there. But um, you know, I did, I did, I can't say I enjoyed it particularly much. There was some, there was some highlights, but there was a lot of lowlights. But um, yeah, it was, it was a definitely character building experience. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, very good. So you are a uh, yeah with your civil uh, engineering background, you've been in construction, and as well, you took some uh, law degree or at least some uh, additional. Um, Yeah. Additional course in uh, law. Is that correct?
1: That's right. I, I I did my civil engineering for, for probably about 10 years. And, um, I I kept getting into involved in the sort of legal side of things like the contracts and, and then the negligence side of things. And I I find it really interesting. So I I decided Mm -hmm. to study law and in the UK, you can do what's called a law conversion course. So if you've already got a degree, you can study law uh, in. if you were doing it full-time one year or, as uh, I did it, part-time in the evenings for one uh, two years. And yeah, I, I did it and found it awesome. And um, I took it a bit further. I took a year out to study it full-time because I, I got a scholarship uh, to study to become What's called a barrister in the UK. So that's it's not the lawyers.
0: Somebody who serves coffee, then.
1: That that's no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to confuse the two. But uh, yeah, they they're the ones that wear the wigs and the gowns. And um, I I studied it for for a year mm-hmm. at Gray's Inn in London, and it was uh, it was a great year out. To be honest, it taught me all kinds of skills, um, uh, cross examination, and you know how to write a good particulars of claim. But it was it was honestly it was one of the best years of my life that year, and yeah, I, I qualified uh, as a as a barrister uh, in two, 2018, just before I found fire. To be honest, so yeah, it's good.
0: Okay, very good. So yeah, you're quite a I mean a skilled um, professional. So you're working today still? Is that still in the construction uh, today?
1: I, I've actually been able to. Combine both, actually. So what I do is I, I actually am a consultant to to lawyers, mm-hmm. and I uh, advise them on complicated construction cases. So if you've got a, a dispute, let's say you're building an airport in Qatar, and you've got a big dispute between a contractor and the client, yes. I can advise the lawyers on each side, probably what happens. So it's a bit of a forensic kind of role. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's it's a bit of an expert witness role as well so I may be called upon to to give evidence in court and get a grilling from from the lawyers I mean all these things tend to be uh, done behind closed doors because it's arbitration so it's quite an interesting uh, line of work I mean I'm I'm quite new to it I only really started doing this uh, about 14 months ago yep. um so it's been great. And it's, you know, for me, it's actually, ironically, it's rejuvenated my interest in working. So <laughs> I think I was just getting fed up of uh, construction, which is why I went off and did these extra studies okay. and things. And, yeah. and uh, you know, now I'm I'm like, no, I actually quite enjoy this. So, you know, for for me, like the, the fire started, it's definitely wanted to retire early to now, maybe I'll retire. So. i think i think that's a good thing though i think i think it's good
0: yeah okay very very good so so yeah in construction you're getting fed up with the job was it the the job or the the atmosphere or uh, the lifestyle of moving every time what what was um yeah the thing that that wanted to make you retire actually
1: yeah i mean i think it was you know it was a combination of those things really i mean Mm -hmm. the, the 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 main thing that was bugging me, which is great when you're in your 20s, was actually, you know, moving around so much because when you're building something, you have to be at the location it's being built to to make sure it gets built correctly. So you can't work from home. um, And, you know, even now after the pandemic, friends of mine, you know, they're still working on on the site. So that's just the, the reality of it. And, you know, the nature was that I might well be in London doing one project today but maybe in three months time my company could have been saying well we actually need you to move to uh anywhere in the world so saudi arabia springs to mind which is and i just thought you know i just i'm just too old for that now i just don't want to <laughs> i just don't want to be uprooting my life every two three years and moving mm. to some mm. god-awful place you know or or a great place some people got to move to sydney so i missed the, the boat on that one but um it's all swings roundabouts, and the other thing is it's actually quite hard work um you know and it's 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 potentially dangerous as well um you know working Correct. on a building site yeah. uh not not so much for the engineers but i mean accidents do happen but um you know and it's it's uh it's also just a challenge because you know you're there to enforce rules as much as anything and it's it becomes a bit tedious after a while having to tell people to put their safety helmets on or you know, which are there for their own benefit and they don't want to wear it. So they, you know, they swear at you and stuff. So I I just got to the point, I'm like, I, I can't do this for the next 40 odd years. So mm-hmm. something had to change. And that, that's what kind of spurred the the interest in the legal and, and moving on. So, you know, it's been a long journey. It sort of started in 2014 and here we are in 2021 and I'm kind of in the place I, I wanted to be. So Perfect. it's taken a while, but it's it's, it's been good.
0: Yeah. And I can recognize some of the the things you say. I think we talked on Twitter about it because I, um, I have worked in the oil and gas industry. I'm not an engineer, but I, uh, I work, I work in the procurement. So I still was in contact. I've been on sites. I've uh, visited factories yeah. and stuff like this in my previous job. And now it's a similar, but less, uh, how can I say technical? So I know all this safety stuff. It's very important. It's uh, it's a uh, one, usually one of the key elements. One of the first things you say in those meetings. And, uh, what I recognize as well is the, um, going on site and as well, it can be exhausting because I participated to a few days here and there. And then sometimes, I mean, you have a uh, 12 hour shifts and stuff. Huh? So it is good money. It is good, extra money, uh, at least in the oil and gas, it was good money and the engineers that were on a vessel or whatever, I mean, they make good side income uh, <laughs> during those times, <laughs> but usually as well, they get fed up at some point because then the, the guys, when they start to be um, 35, 36, uh, you know, they have the kids, they, whatever, they, they, they want to settle. They don't want to travel so much anymore or be on site for two, uh, two, two three months. But when you're 27, it's cool. Then you make a lot of money uh so so it's quite nice so i i yeah. can see uh, i can understand perfectly where you come from
1: <laughs> no, yeah. it's it's, it's actually really yeah because i mean the oil we always used to envy the oil people because we, we thought oh, they, those guys get paid more than us
0: mm-hmm.
1: they get better leave cycles than us and um you know we were always quite quite envious of the the oil and gas guys but um yeah it's to, you're totally right it's just the the other point as well is just you know looking ahead even further you're like you look at the guys that are still going in their you know 50s and you just think you know they're on their like third wife and <laughs> strange kids and, and you know massively overweight unhealthy guys. you just think i I don't want to do that i don't yeah. want to end up with that and yeah. um yeah so you know the only the only way you're not going to end up like that is by by making the change exactly um, yeah. yeah. I actually forgot to mention I did work in uh Luxembourg for a while. Oh, um, really? Yeah, just um we were managing a project uh to refit an o- an office or, or four offices actually of a very well-known um online retailer mm-hmm. which begins with a and ends with n but I <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm not allowed to say I was working on it but it's uh yeah they they have some offices in Luxembourg and I used to come out um every two weeks. on on a flight from London, from, and it was, it was an hour flight. I'd go out first thing in the morning and come back in the evening.
0: (laughs) Yeah, very cool. And then, um, yes. So then you, you, you get fed up and then you start to discover the fire movement. I mean, how did that go? Because you started to look on internet. I want to retire or I'm fed up with my job. I mean, what happened? (laughs) I
1: I found it bizarrely. Like I think when I, as i said I, I started um did that year out study law and mm-hmm. i wasn't able to get a, a job in in as a barrister it's it's highly competitive and um i i thought well i'll go back to doing project management and i was just you know after about 3 months i was like this 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 is i'm right back to where i i was before and i i think i just had a few debts from that year out as well um and also from before Mm -hmm. And I thought, how can I fix this? And um, it just came up. It was a New York Times article from, and I I remember at the date, it was like September 2018. I think I came across it in around that time and I read it and I was just like, gosh, this just makes a lot of sense. You know, um, I never considered compounding interest on anything before. So (laughs) when, when they sort of did the simple maths, you're like, wait a minute that doesn't seem that that hard to get there and, and this guy's already done it he's he's already 35 and he's retired i'm like i'm 35 like what's going on i could have done this already <laughs> <laughs> so i was i was just immediately like uh, hooked on it and um you know i started off just looking into investing and what i the, the the biggest mistake and i always say this to people is like i I just jumped in and i put some money in in the market on and uh, I think i put it in the FTSE 100 index fund and i realized that um
0: so that's the basically the UK um stock exchange global index that is
1: correct yeah. yes that's right um and you know back then that was before the UK was completely screwed up but um you know uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend recommending that now but, but um I, I i realized that i actually was carrying quite a lot of debt and the amount i was paying on my debts like i had my car payment i had my just a credit I think some credit cards and I had some some other stuff to pay off um and I was just thinking gosh that's actually eating up quite a lot of my income mm. and uh I thought the, the only thing I can do here is to pay this off so i I went into my new year's resolution was pay off my debts by two years' time so I just started focusing on it but the, the more you start focusing on it the quicker it happens and By February, I'd I'd, I'd set up my website. I was like, I'm going to be a fire blogger and uh, I'm going to do this mainly just to make myself, at least if I can imagine that people are reading it, I'd I'd be answering to somebody because if it's just answering to me, I'd probably do what I feel like. And it took me about from February till September to pay off about £38,000 of debt. Admittedly, some of that was... Because I sold my car and I got rid of that big chunk quite easily. But I did pay off probably about twenty thousand just by not doing much. Mm-hmm. Living a lockdown life before lockdown was a thing. A <laughs> <I laughs> lot self
0: You weren't prepared. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I was sort of paying off, you know, about you know, putting in like fifteen hundred quid a month just to pay off yeah, as much as i could and it, it just as soon as it started going you started getting closer to that zero number you it, it got more exciting and
0: i you, um, you just want to pay it off i mean you yeah
1: yeah and you know i I you know i was actually speaking to my friend about this the other day he was in new york at the time and he's like why didn't you come and visit me and i said well i was paying off my debts that's that's i couldn't and it seems it's funny to think back then that i missed him being in new york because it would have been a great trip but you know you i just had to be really harsh and and mm. not do things i wanted to do and just be disciplined and like i said my goal was to do it in two years i did it in about well in nine months and i, I, I couldn't believe i'd done it and that once you, you've achieved something like that you you can start looking at other things like investing it yeah. into you know doing it the other way around so so i've started to you know build it up but you know it's it's, it's good so mm-hmm.
0: and sorry but this debt was only this the student debt from the the low course
1: no it was it wasn't just the student debt it was okay. um because what i did i you know i've not really i don't really even know what i did to be honest i just had a big amount of debt and i think it was it was just a hangover from various issues that had happened uh throughout time and it just as as you age you kind of forget why you got that loan out or mm-hmm. you know, must have been a reason for it i could the car one's obvious because i had a bmw it was a lovely bmw as well but um you know, I had to, I had to just say to it myself, it's got to go. And, um, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the loans, it, they, they weren't student loans from, I guess they were kind of were student loans, actually, in some fairness. But they were they were—they were on credit cards that were 0% interest. So I was like, well, that's fine because I'm not paying any interest. But the point is, you've still got the debt, haven't you? Yes,
0: so you still need to pay it off, huh? <laughs>
1: Exactly. And I was just kind of, I think I was just, continually just refinancing them on zero percent and maybe Mm. paying off like a thousand a year or something. So that's, that's a crazy thing. I had, you know, I had like 38 grand of debt. I didn't really even know why I had it. And (laughs) I still don't to this day, but the point is it's gone now. So
0: yeah, yeah. no, it's good news. But the thing is, you know, I don't hear a lot of uh, debt stories, um, in Europe in general. I I even looked it up because in the us it's famous you know the credit card debts and, uh, and you you hear the stories and you see the news and whatever but in europe we don't hear it so much so in a way i'm not i mean i'm not glad to hear it but uh, it's uh, it shows that it exists as well maybe on a on a lower scale or maybe not so many people but still it, it, it is here as well
1: absolutely yeah i mean yeah. it's you know if you i mean I'm, i i read uh, reddit quite often there's a, there's a forum called uk personal finance and mm-hmm. it's it's very common to hear stories of people that got themselves into much bizarrely much worse debt than i was in i mean the, the ironic thing about the debt i had i could easily afford to pay it i mean i think it was only total that i was only required to pay about maybe 600 quid a month which you know wasn't wasn't a huge amount and really if you can save um,
0: 15 quids for uh <laughs> for yeah paying it off, then you can pay 600 yeah
1: <laughs> exactly yeah so you know i just you know to pay it off i just put you know i, I started just paying sixteen, eighteen hundred off a month instead and um didn't didn't spend money on eating out or stuff and that sounds boring and you know to be honest it, it, it was boring but i knew it had to happen and it, it was like there was i'd got myself there by being you know spendthrift and eating out and you know, I I honestly don't know. It just it just ended up there, and that year out of not working probably didn't help either, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't have much savings after that. So
2: yeah,
1: um, like I said, I did have a scholarship which helped, but um, it was um, it was kind of done on on frugality. And that that actually, I mean, that's the other thing because that year out uh kind of spurred me to realize that i didn't need to have this extravagant lifestyle anymore because i I went back to being a student and i i just stopped doing made my own lunch every day i thought i've got to be disciplined didn't i stopped going to the pub and when i um started working again which is also combined when i first found fire I, i was like well wait a minute why i'll just keep the same expenses as i had when i was a student a year ago Mm -hmm. and you know this is at age 35 or 6 and you know it was it was kind of coincided with me meeting my partner who's also super frugal as well she doesn't she's she's like uh you know, a great one for going to charity shops and and buying, finding the bargain of the the century. You know, finding, finding some jacket worth four hundred quid new for like twenty quid or something. Perfect. So she, she she's great at doing that. I I've no clue when I go in these places, but um, yeah. So and that was it. You know, you just realise oh, I can get by on a lot less, e- even in London.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so that that was that was kind of the the shocking thing for me. Um, yeah, and, because yeah.
0: You, you're trying to to achieve fire, this, uh, or at least financial independence. Uh, now you have a job you enjoy. <laughs> <but> you <laughs> yeah. I mean, you still try to, to work on this path, but you live in London. I mean, I mean, we all know that uh, London is expensive. It's uh, one of those large cities in Europe, uh, one of the largest, uh, even the largest, I don't know, but still it's, it's, uh, it's expensive uh, to, to live there. No, I mean, I would expect it, it's very hard to reach fire.
1: I mean, on the face of it, it it is an extremely expensive city. Mm-hmm. Um, housing is undoubtedly, the, certainly, the most expensive in the UK, probably in in the Europe to mm-hmm. some extent. You know, there's no getting around that. So, you know, even even if you were a single person renting a room in London, the rents would be something between six to eight hundred pounds a month. Yeah, which I don't know what that is in euros. But a thousand euros or something so yeah, you know around
0: it, that yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah it, it adds up and um it, it, but the, the interesting thing though is and what i i sort of realized when i was being a student is it's actually quite there's there is ways to save money because um you have like your base cost of living which is your rent your utilities and whatnot and utilities will be the same wherever you are in the uk mm-hmm. uh, the council tax is sometimes a lot less which is like the local authority tax. I don't know what you'd call it in in Europe but um you know for me for my flat that's about 150 pounds a month. Um but that's that's going to be similar wherever you are in the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have a kind of, a kind of base expense level but um you you do tend to earn more in London as well if you got a job because they know and I, I don't I don't know if anyone's ever done I'm sure people have done the maths but I'm sure it doesn't pay off the extra expense what you earn more. You know, uh, if you had a similar job in, say, Manchester, and you look at how much you would be paying in mortgage or rent there compared to London, it's probably not worth it. But what you have in London is the opportunity of the big city. So I think there's the opportunity to go a lot further in your career and get the big paying jobs. So. You know, that's, that was the appeal for me of moving here. And, um, you know, just working in my field as well, it's where a lot of the work is. So all the best buildings, like, you know, you have the Shard, which probably people know about, and you have big rail projects like Crossrail, which is a huge underground tunnel across London. You don't get these projects elsewhere in the UK. So, you know, and, and it's the same in other industries, like Law's very big in London. It's all centred here. And, you know, accountancy, all the finance stuff is in London, so you have these high-paying jobs, and I guess that's part of the reason why it's so expensive because everyone moves here to get mm. to get these these jobs. But you know, if and I think it's it's almost like you it, the trick in London is is not spending your money. It sounds silly to say it, but like <laughs> you, you, you can't, you can go out, you know, you, you can go into central London for like two pounds on the tube and come back, you know, and that's not very expensive wherever you live. Really, that's like like a bus fare or something yeah. in most towns um, except Luxembourg which has got free transport but um, Correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, But you know I, I, if you're if you're going it, it, it's, it's a lifestyle choice isn't it if you want to go to fancy restaurants and pay 100 pounds a head you can go and do that in London no problem you'll have really good time but you won't have any cash left at the end of the month yes exactly
0: uh, but, but do you still live uh, like a student I mean like you don't I, go to don't. to the pubs or to the restaurant, or I mean, I know you you enjoy a good beer, so you don't do that anymore, uh, Mister Wells. Oh,
1: well, I I do. I must admit, I I there was a t- <laughs> I don't think I've ever not gone to the pub, um, except during lockdown when the pubs were shut. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Forced <laughs> savings.
1: Yeah, and and then and then we had this service which was. Um, one of the clever pubs set it up, uh, which was like a kind of delivery for beer. So, awesome. <laughs> it, the, the pub wasn't allowed to open, but they could they could send a moped up with some beer, and I I thought that was fantastic. That was the first lockdown we had back in April last year. So, um, but no, I I do I do like to socialise, but I I think as well, like in my fire journey, I did cut it back a lot. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know I, I, what I what I cut back on more mm-hmm. than the pub was going and eating out and i started cooking at home a lot more and um realized that actually the stuff you're eating out isn't actually that great because you can actually cook just as good at for yourself at home and mm-hmm. the and the, the weird thing is like again i i started cooking for health reasons rather than for money reasons because um when you eat out a lot you know you tend to get put on some weight you know to be honest so um I don't know if anyone's heard of a guy called Joe Wicks, but he's this kind of sports uh, coach in the UK, and he's got these recipes that take 15 minutes to to make, and they're all pretty healthy. And I I just started cooking them, and I realised, wow, you can cook a really good meal in 15 minutes. Um, so once you've learned that, you you won't bother getting a takeaway because you can just get it, cook it yourself. And that's the thing, like people, if you start adding up all these little things, like eating out at the restaurant two, three times a week. Oh, I'll get a takeaway because I'm a bit tired after working late. I'll meet my mate down the pub. I'll get an Uber home, you know, two or three times a week. Got, you eat, you, all your money's gone, you know. So yeah. if, mm-hmm. if you start doing that, take the public transport, just have a couple of beers and eat, eat something at home, you actually save a lot of money because you're probably being paid more because you live in London. So it's it's just being a bit more conscious with your money. And I'm sure I'm sure that's the case anywhere else really as well. Um,
0: yes. It's a bit like you say, okay, the, um, I mean, I live in as well, an expensive city, Luxembourg is tiny, but it's, uh, it's bloody expensive as well. But the, okay, the public transport is free, but in the end, if you go to the restaurant every day, okay, you, you lose money a lot. Uh, you, you don't enjoy it anymore neither, but if you control your expenses and you, you can go to the pub once in a while, of course, but I mean, by controlling this, in the end, you can have a good living, and you can save some money aside and for your uh, hobbies or business or whatever. I mean, you naturally have a better career chances, opportunities, like you said, in the um, in the yeah, in the big city. But as well, you can also save money. It's uh, not impossible. It's just yeah, don't get into caught into the lifestyle.
1: Ex- exactly, and um, you know, no one no one says just because you you've got a high paying job that you you have to have high flying lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean I used to, I used to think that way. I used to think you know when I was in the Middle East um you know I worked overseas I didn't pay any tax I didn't pay rent. Um I was 24 so oh, it was a complete I was a complete <laughs> idiot basically and mm-hmm. um I I couldn't spend my salary. I tried to spend my salary every month and I realized I could save about half of it back then. So that's how I managed to buy my flat in London I saved up but that but that mm-hmm. was kind of you know I learned the lesson that, there that you know you you can have a lot of money and be pretty miserable, um, even if you do have money. So it's it's about like how you live your life and things. And you know, I think I'm much happier living a, a frugal life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and not trying to show off and be silly and you know, look at me, I've got a fancy car. You know, I, I love cars. By the way, I'm not, I'm not. I, if it, I would never knock anyone for buying a nice car, but. It, it it just it doesn't make sense in London. I don't need it to go to work. No, I do. do I you use live
0: uh, in a. <clears throat> I will not ask you where you live, but do you live in a good location or practical location? Because I mean, in such a big city, sometimes the distances can be can be difficult, or you need to live far. I don't know to to have an affordable uh, housing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I live um, on the border of zones. Two and three, which if you live in London, you'll know where that is. But for everyone else, it's about um, yeah.
0: But it's some decent zone too. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, it's about it's going to sound terrible. It's about five to six miles from the city centre. But considering that there are six zones, I'm I'm quite there's another ten miles of city beyond me going outwards. So I'm I'm okay. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, the, the good thing about living there is it's got a good transport links. So I've got the tube nearby within about seven minutes walk i've got buses going everywhere Mm -hmm. i've got a railway nearby i can actually i'm like 20 minutes away from the city center of london um which is which is great for work and things the other good thing is it's it's quite easy to cycle around uh, london so before i was working from home all the time i used to cycle to work and you know for me that's a great great money saving tip because you cycling 10 miles a day actually is really good for you <laughs> as long as <laughs> as long as you don't get hit by a car or something but you know sure. it's yeah. uh it's um it's good and i you know i i was doing that i, I kind of missed that actually but um it's it's a good habit to get into and it also helps you save your money on on the train going in so all these little things add up you know and you, you quickly realize that you know you're saving like three four hundred quid a month on mm-hmm. things that you were just frittering away and going, why, why, do, why can't I save any money? Well, it's because it's because of your lifestyle. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, sorry.
0: Yeah, Go no, it's good. And I think, okay, on the expenses uh, you're doing well, and we just show that it is possible to save money in a big city. Uh, but I mean, okay, everybody has their own job, etc. So, but at least there's ways to, to be reasonable. Uh, and the hardest is maybe to not live the lifestyle of the big city while living there. And of course, saving is one thing, but then investing. Uh, you, you were mentioning the, the FTSE index, so the kind of uh, UK uh, global index. Um, what do you do now? Are you still doing that? Or did you diversify into uh, a European index? Or do you do uh, individual stocks? Or what do you do now to reach FIRE?
1: Yeah, so... What, what I'm doing um, is a couple of things. So, uh, in in the UK, we have what are called um, SIPs, so it's called a self invested pension plan. Mm-hmm. And most of my investments are in there because even though I was an idiot in my twenties and things, I actually did put away a fair amount of money into my pension because that's the best way to save without knowing you're saving. So, I actually, when I started the fire journey, I I started at about £100,000 invested. So, but I realised it was kind of just squandering in a pension. So I took it out and I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. And I, I put it into this self-invested pension plan. And over, over the years, I've got more confident with it. So that is invested into um, ETF funds. And mm-hmm. I'd say 50% is invested in uh, I, in the North America which is the, the standard and poor five hundred S P five hundred, um, and it's doing very well this year. I think it's up nearly twenty percent since January. Um, and the the other the other one I like is uh, it, it's called the, the, the FTSE Footsie Global Index, all world index. So that's the idea. That is, I think it's got about three thousand. Companies in there that the shares are completely diversified around the world, mm. and um it it seems like a a good place because what what I like about the the ETFs is one you can sell it really easily, and two that if it's an index fund one it, it's tracking the whole market. So you know I I fully admit I do I'm not really confident enough to to pick stocks on mm-hmm. my own. Um, I've had I've been lucky with a few. Um, But generally, you know, they they do say that you know money fund managers eighty percent of fund managers never beat the market. So if if a professional fund manager can't do it, I don't see why I am suddenly going to be good at it. So I I put it in the market,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I've taken my chances that way. And you know I am a hundred percent stocks invested at the moment, which um, I feel like is a is a risk to worth taking um it's it's a risk to get ahead and so far it's working out well Mm -hmm. so fingers crossed um (laughs) that's that means it's going to be a stock market crash soon by the way so i'd probably because i've said that now it's okay you can buy more (laughs) (laughs) that's true that's true um but yeah i mean generally as well just just to add to that i mean what i do is I, i i put in the other, the other second thing is we have what's called an ISA, which I think is called an individual savings account, and and it's basically a great little thing. You can invest up to twenty thousand pounds a year, and you you um if it's in stocks and shares. So I do the same thing in that. So I invest in index funds in that, and I put in money that I've paid tax on, which goes in there, and it stays. It will stay in there forever, and I will never pay tax on it again. So it can grow. To as much higher figure as possible, and it's all capital gains tax free. And I realise that that's actually the trick is in this is yeah. finding ways not to, legal ways not to pay tax. That mm-hmm. they're out there, they're available. It's just people don't know about them because you usually have to pay an advisor. But I try and write about them on my blog, and I try and tweet about them as well. So um, I try and share the knowledge I've gained in the last three four years.
0: No, very good because I mean, this, um, I mean, this is not available in every country, but I mean, if it is, yeah, you, you should make use of it because then you invest anyway in the, um, in the stock market, you get the returns and then you don't pay your capital uh, gain tax, et cetera. And okay, that, that's great because usually that eats up a little bit of your profit. So, um, no, if you can really do it, uh, depending on the country where you live, etc. I mean, in Luxembourg and in Belgium you don't have capital gains tax on, on your uh, stocks. That's great. That's uh, great. In Belgium, you don't have it at all. In Luxembourg, there is six months uh, you need to wait. Otherwise it's considered trading. So, so, I mean, if you buy whatever you buy, just wait six months and that's it. <laughs> and that's then, great. Then that's good. great. Yeah. So that's good. And, uh, there's a few other small things. I will not uh, enumerate them now, but still it's, all this kind of knowledge, it's, it's really important because it, it really helps and you don't need an advisor for that really. Uh, yeah. So what you're doing is great huh? because otherwise uh, people pay. So it eats up your profit even more.
1: <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And you know, it's the, the, the great thing about these index funds is that they're very cheap. They're, they're only like charging something. I, I don't want to give the figure cause I'll get it wrong, but it's something like not 0.2% a year, you know, um, and you just yeah. think you know, it's gone up, it's gone up twenty percent this year, so i you know that's that's well worth paying for that you know it's it's it, i mean of course markets go down as well, et cetera et cetera you know i'm sure mm. I'm sure people listening to this podcast will know that, but it's um it's uh i i i think it's a very powerful way to invest, but it's also a very simple way to invest
0: yes exactly yeah so you don't uh, you didn't enter the 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 crypto fever neither <laughs>
1: <laughs> well I, I must admit I did. <laughs> I did. I did actually uh, get caught up in the the panic, not the panic, but I, I thought, you know what? I'll, I'll just put some money in there, and yes. it's it's just been a disaster, to be honest. I, <laughs> I I think I must have done it like just before it crashed again, because it, it fluctuates so much. And no, indeed, I, yeah. I, I I fully admit it, it was a punt. It was it was a bet. I thought let's let's see if I can make some quick bucks, and surprise, surprise, it didn't work out. Um, I probably sold it at the bottom, and then I've I've now rebought it again. I've decided I'm going to keep that. I've got about a thousand pounds invested in there. It started off as about two thousand, so um, I'm going to keep it in there and, and let's see what happens. But yeah, exactly. I'm not I'm, yeah. not I'm not touching it anymore. <laughs> i have done with <Yeah>. it. <laughs>
0: it's really uh, investing on steroids. I mean, it moves every time. It uh, fluctuates. It's 24-7. I mean, even on Sundays you can trade. So it's a, it's a crazy thing, but okay, it can be fun. It can be profitable, but okay, it's a total different mindset. So um, let's not uh, die to go into details. I don't say it's it's bad. I say it's a different mindset. I mean, I, I have a little bit, not much, but... Uh, yeah, I I have I have my experiment with it and it's been okay. Not nothing crazy. I don't drive a Lambo, um, <laughs> but um, far from it. But yeah, I, I like to have a little bit as well. Uh, and then of course you're investing. Uh, I think you're on the good on the good path. You're making the savings, or at least you live more frugally, more according to your values, not showing off. So where are you on your road to financial independence, or are you? Uh, years from it or are you uh, uh still do you still have 10 15 years or what's the plan here in overall? well
2: um,
1: yeah it's a good question and um i do track that uh mm-hmm. not not religiously but i've got a figure in mind which you know they say is the 25 times your annual expenses so i know what my expenses are because i track them mm-hmm. um and you know i think my my figure I've chosen it to be around seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds, so yeah. at the moment i'm i think I'm around two hundred and fifty thousand so i'm i'm like thirty percent there yeah so I've got my calculator my my spreadsheet it's um and if you know if we average eight percent for the next i think it's about i think i'm saying it's it's about eight years off the top of my head mm-hmm. it's probably i think i'm about eight years off but things you know things can change you know it may it may go quicker and what i've seen is a lot of people if you read blogs around is i, I think i'm at the point where things start to accelerate because um you know i've got a, a decent amount in in the markets and you know as compound interest 10% of two hundred thousand is is more than ten percent of one hundred thousand so it it it's only gonna get get better from here i hope
0: yeah and it's uh, I- for those who start uh, i mean you you're starting <laughs> with a good sum but um I mean for those who start it it's very slow in the beginning I'm not there neither I'm not there yet neither huh? but it's very slow but little by little you see it's going faster and faster so it, it's really rewarding and I mean but it takes it takes a few years to to go to where you see the point of uh, or a lot of money. I mean, you never know, but to to see it go faster and faster. But it, it takes time and consistency. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's it. I think it's just you know I've been consistently just putting in as much as I can really every month, mm-hmm. and it does feel sometimes it feels really quite dull. Um, but, but it, it is supposed when, to be dull. When, I mean, if
0: you, <laughs> index index investing. It is dull. I mean,
1: <laughs> exactly, and that's the point. Um, yeah. and, and you know what? What I do is, you know, I don't need to think about it, and I, it just—it's almost automatic. I don't—I don't auto put it in. I must admit, I haven't got to the point where I've got a direct debit going in there. But every month, I do—I do put a payment in, mm-hmm. depending on how much I've. Um, not got left i try, I try and i've try i got a target amount each month and sometimes i go more sometimes i go less so
2: mm-hmm.
1: i don't i don't try and live strictly to a strict budget on that but um it, it it's yeah it's about discipline consistency mm-hmm. um and i look back you know even you know in three years I, I mean i can't really believe how much it's it's grown even in the last year it's mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy it's like wow like i've i mean i think I, my investments have grown by more than I earned last year in one year. So oh, it's man, like, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, you're just like, is that real? Is this, is this actually mm-hmm. real? And, and you realize, no, it is real and it's it's sort of happening. So, um, I'm hoping that it will continue. Yeah, And, um, and
0: uh, one, yeah, sure. And one thing you talk about salary, I mean, I will not ask the number of course, but would you consider that you're in the average? Uh, salary earners in London or a bit above or a bit where can you give us a bit where you are just to give an idea of okay this guy can put a lot of money on the side or not
1: I, I think yeah I mean I I'm definitely in the in the higher end of the salaries for London I'm not in a I don't think I'm a particularly high earner I'm probably like medium to high mm-hmm. um, but that's because London's insane and yeah, I mean, yeah some
0: people can make uh, one million in bonus huh? but uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so um you know those guys are in a different league but you know I you know it, in the UK because we have statistics for the UK I'm in in the top five percent of earners uh, in theory but in London I'm probably in the top 70 percent I would say so oh yeah you, I, th- I
0: think you tweeted about that and I was surprised by by the salaries, the wages in the UK, I, th- I thought it was low.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's. I mean, London is its own beast. You yeah, know? yeah so, London is. Uh, uh, yeah, but <laughs> you know, like you know, if you're on fifty thousand pounds in London, you're, you're you'll you'll be okay. If you're on fifty thousand pounds in Wales, you're you're going to be having the best life ever. You, you, <laughs> you know, have so much money to to throw around. So there's there's a big dif- money money can buy you a lot of things. And you know, maybe when I when I do eventually reach my fire number, I might decide to sell up in London and move somewhere else yeah, exactly. in the UK that's mm-hmm. a lot cheaper. I mean I, I could do that now. I could sell my flat now and buy a house in Scotland if I wanted to now. But um I, I wouldn't have any money left. So it's um <laughs> not yet, not yet. <laughs> or, or a job. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and I don't want to at the moment, so that's fine. But it's um yeah. It's possible.
0: Okay, very good. So uh, look uh, Mr. Welster um uh, before we close, uh, if somebody is starting their journey uh, for fire financial independence, you know, they hear this interview or they read your website, we, which uh, we will uh, name later, but what would you say? Uh, how should they start uh, looking at uh, their fire journey?
1: Well, it, it, I think the first step is really to um, understand it. And one of the best places, obviously behind my website is uh, Mr Money Mustache's website and that's mm-hmm. that's a very good resource and he writes very well about it and that's where you can get the understanding. The, the second point is you need to be honest with yourself and look at your current situation very harshly because, like I said, when I started, um, I made a false start by not facing reality that had huge amounts of debt to pay off and I think... Maybe you don't have debt, but you know, you may have something. You you need to think, you need to make a plan. So you need to make a budget. You need to do the boring things at like that and stick to it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really that simple. And there's a, there's an initial excitement, which you have the enthusiasm and, um, you know, use that enthusiasm to, to get you, get you going. I say,
0: yeah, no, very good. Excellent tip. So yeah, Mr. Wester, we have come at the end of the show and I want to thank you for sharing your story. I think it was quite, uh, quite fun and, um, but as well, uh, very, um, instructive and, uh, very helpful for the listeners. So, so thank you very much. But before I let you go, we always have our three quick fire questions. <laughs> Are you ready?
1: Uh, yes, let's
0: go. Okay. Very good. So we talked a bit about your investments. So what has been your best investment so far?
1: Honestly, it's been the, uh, just the the standard and poor index fund. Mm -hmm. That's it. Vanguard.
0: Okay. Very good. And it has performed well indeed, uh, at least (laughs) over the last uh, 10 years. So no excellent uh, investment. Uh, do you have a book? Um, question number two, do you have a book that you can recommend to anyone? It does not need to be a financial book.
1: I really like The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho and I think if you're in your 20s it's a really good book to read because it might inspire you to do something awesome.
0: Okay, very good. Yeah, indeed it's uh it's not my preferred book, but at least I know that the guy he's uh relentless. He, <laughs> he he's resourceful and he goes to his goals. So maybe yeah, indeed it can it can it can help uh it could have helped young Johnny as well.
1: <laughs> I think, I think it's, it's a love it or hate it book. Yeah. I, I'm in the love it category. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then uh, the last question is, do you have a purchase you can recommend uh, for under £100? which is 115 uh, euros.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, oh my gosh. I know you asked me to think of this before. Um, and I, <laughs> I je- No, because I, it's a trick I, I, one. <laughs> oh, and I've forgotten to do this. Um, I, I think you should buy yourself um, and you, your partner a really good dinner out for that. Go for a nice meal out.
0: Very good. I really like it. Indeed. And then you can enjoy it so much. And sometimes... You know, I was actually talking to a colleague of mine today and then it's like, yes, I miss a good brasserie. Um, it's like uh, a place like we have in Belgium yes, where yes. you just eat a good steak. It's So it will be under 100 pounds, but it's a good steak, a good wine or a good beer. And it's great. It's fantastic. You don't need to have the high fancy one. I mean, sometimes it's good too, or uh, but it needs to be good.
1: Yeah, you want good quality, treat yeah. yourself. Do it don't do it every day but definitely if you're gonna if you're gonna spend a hundred quid get yourself a decent meal out with your partner
0: oh excellent excellent advice and then um of course mr welster um where can the listeners find you
1: uh you can find me on twitter my name is the welster and i also have a website which is my blog which is called thewelster.com.
0: very easy very simple I will uh, anyway link it in the show notes so the listeners can find you.
1: Great. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure being on the show.
0: Yeah, thank you. And uh, thank you again. It was uh, really good. I really enjoyed it as well. So take care and I will speak soon.
1: Definitely. Speak to you soon.
0: I hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something from it. And if you found it useful, please make sure you share it with a friend. Or you can also rate the show in your favorite podcast app this will help the show to grow. So if you do so, thank you very much. And now let's go through the key takeaways for today. Number one, career. Sometimes what you might need is a course or an additional training to boost your career, not necessarily to retire. This can rejuvenate your interest in your career or field of work. Number two, financial independence. From the New York Times article that he read, it sounded feasible and not that complicated to reach financial independence. He thought, I could do it too. If you have debt, you might forget where the debt comes from, but you still need to pay it off, and it prevents you from investing. And about this debt, the more you focus on something, the quicker it happens. The welster paid off his debt in less than a year, while his plan was for two years. Of course, it helped to have a lockdown (laughs) before the actual lockdown. But yeah, if you keep your expenses low, uh, living the student lifestyle, for example, while you're working, you will realize maybe, hey, maybe I can get by with a lot less, actually. Number 3. Financial independence in London Basic utilities are the same as everywhere else in the country. The large city offers more opportunities and can help you to go further in your career and find higher paying jobs. The trick is not to live the high life by going out to bars and restaurants all the time. And I know it's tempting, especially when there's a new place, you want to try it out of course. We don't say you cannot, we say moderate your uh, your lifestyle and uh, yeah to save money you can cook healthy meals at home and cycle to work if possible all these little things add up number four investing there are legal ways to avoid taxes on capital gains special retirement accounts in the uk the isa or you can buy and hold securities for at least six months in belgium and luxembourg see what rules and special accounts apply in your country determine your target figure this will help you to have this goal for the Wellster, that was £750,000. Investing in ETFs is a powerful and simple way to invest. It is dull, but the more you invest consistently, the more things accelerate. And at some point, your investment may grow more in one year than your salary. And then, last but not least, to help you reach financial independence, the first step is to get an understanding of financial independence. So you can do that by reading the Wellster's blog or Mr. Money Mustache's blog. Look at your situation very harshly, be honest with yourself, lay out all your debt, etc. And then three, make a plan and stick to it. Use the enthusiasm to get you going. And again, I will repeat what the Wellstar said, the more you focus on something, the quicker it happens.